And... And... Making mistakes. And yet it's... Hey guys, welcome to Big Trouble, a little podcast, episode 228. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. You never rub another man's rhubarb, I'm Zach. Nice, I'm Chaz. <laughs> Hi, nice, I'm Chaz. <laughs> we are here on Big Trouble Podcast. We're doing a whole do-do-do-do-do-do-do Twilight Zone. Um, right now, we're, Chaz is a Twilight Zone virgin. I actually have that in the description of our YouTube uh, video. Uh, and Fucking he, virgin? <laughs> <laughs> we, I think we popped this cherry twice on Star Trek yeah, I, and now Twilight Zone. I'm not a virgin anymore, technically. Like, it, it, at the minimum, it's just a tip at this point. Like, I, yeah, just a tip. Yeah, just, I mean, yeah. You yeah. went out and touched grass is what you just did. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm like Twilight Zone third base at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he chose really two good episodes because of via Google, probably. Uh, I think he did say that in the chat, but... uh he chose Eye of the Beholder, and I actually fucking memorized this, and now it's gone. I think it's, what, it's season two, episode, and I'm... Six. Six, and then mm-hmm. episode five, uh, Nightmare at 20,000 20, feet. 20,000 feet, season five, episode... Three. Three, three. there we go. Wow. I got the seasons right. That, no, it was still pretty good. It was still pretty yeah. good. It was. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah, so before we get into that, usually we have things that we want to talk about, like... Uh, games movies tv shows and whatever so i'll go first because i don't have a lot going on uh i watched the last of us episode two and uh <laughs> i'm trying to be like the cool kids and do these watch-alongs and it's it's funny you because gotta put that you gotta put something on the screen that says that because i tried yeah. to watch it i was like is he stoned what's going on what's <laughs> you were just yeah. like looking at something you went hey, i broke his hand and then you were silent again. And I was like, I'm not gonna watch this. <laughs> but I, 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 what I did is I uh, took it, I cut it down to all the parts that I did talk and like had explanations and stuff, and I put like uh, pictures of what was going on in the screen. Because, by the way, I want to point this out, Zach. The promo that you did, the very po- uh, first part of uh, Macho Man's theme song, got copyright claimed, but the rest of it, all of it. Stood still, so I had to mute like the very <laughs> like, few seconds. I would have figured that tune was like public domain or something. It is public domain. I looked it up. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I try one of these idiots who's like, "Oh, I own this and I own this, and I'm gonna claim all the revenue from YouTube for it," and they don't actually own it. Yeah, so, I mean, someone uh, is claiming the whole uh, you know iced tea thing, where he's like, "I got news for you," uh, <laughs> and I'm just like. Wait a second. Everybody else does this unless they just don't care and they just want to put it in there and not worry about, you know, getting monetized. But like all the big YouTubers are using that same thing. So that's why I have it because I laugh my ass off. But anyway, The Last of Us is still good. First episode is going based off of the lore of the game. Um, Obviously, they're changing tiny things. They're not like <laughs> I thought what they were going to do. Do you remember Tess in the first game? Yeah. Um. Spoiler alert, if anybody hasn't played the game or watched a TV show, fucking close your ears. Uh, but in the game, she dies in the first. She's not an important character. She's just, like, literally in the first, like, 
15 to 20 minutes. I mean, she's kind of important in a way. Like, uh, you need a character. Like, like Joel's character doesn't talk a lot, and you need someone for him to play off of. So mm-hmm. she's there for that until Ellie appears. Yeah, I mean, she's like the catalyst of Joel getting out of his fucking dumb depression and be like, hey, this might be hope. Fucking do it. Uh, but I thought, hope. yeah, I thought what they were going to do in the show is keep her longer, like maybe throughout half or maybe, you know, die at the end of the season. But no, they're following the key points and the clickers in the show look really, really good. And the sets on the show look real. They're blowing fucking rings of power out of the water and rings of power had more fucking money than the last of us budget. And that's sad. It's almost as if passion can show in a product or something. Yeah. And and you got Neil Druckmann that's like producing with the guy from Chernobyl, uh, which, by the way, Chernobyl on HBO. Amazing show. Go watch it. And this is amazing show so far. I gave the first episode of 3.5 out of 5, and then I gave episode 2, 4 out of 5. So, it's going up, the rating, but again, still early. Things can change and things can go downhill on that. Gaming-wise, uh, I'm actually replaying uh, r- uh, the DLC for Resident Evil Village, um, because me and Zach are going to be doing Lost in Nightmares for that, and I will just re revisit it. Yeah, re-review of Resident Evil uh, Village. I will say this. Get ready for a wreckage. Like, because I am going to wreck the fuck out of that DLC. This is going to be this is gonna be an interesting conversation, I think. Mm-hmm. But other than that, that's all I've done. I didn't really read anything. I've been sleeping a lot. Because uh, I might be getting the coof. Who knows? Um, but uh, Andy, what, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I beat Last of Us, the game, not the show. Um, I actually started it quite some time ago, and uh, it turns out I was hilariously near the end. I don't know how long it's been since you guys played that game, but right at the end, there's like a big long tunnel underground where you kind of see the zombies for the last time, and then you're in the hospital, and there's just uh, gunfighting. It's like the last 20 minutes of the game. That's all I have left. <laughs> I was playing the game. Well, it's just I was playing the game and enjoying it. It's not that I needed to stop. I was playing the game and enjoying it. And then my Xbox Series X and Forza arrived, and I had a brand new shiny oh. toy. And I was playing Forza, and I was just I just got sucked into that. And then I got sucked in Yakuza, and then I got sucked into Forza Five, and then I got sucked into some other stuff. And then like the show came out, and I was like, I never fucking beat Last of Us. I need to go beat that. Luckily, I was like right there at the end. And I was a little rusty, but luckily I had been such a pack rat before that I had three med kits, three nail bombs, three Molotov cocktails, full ammo for all my guns. So I, I had lots of room to make mistakes. Um, yeah, that game really is a masterpiece. It's great. I don't know what else to say about it that no one else has see- said before or heard. Well, before. I got a question for you because a lot of people are always divisive on. And by the way, everybody's beat the game in here, right? Yeah. Finally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you, when Joel lied to Ellie at the end about the whole fireflies, like you know, because he he's like, "Fuck no, you're not getting the cure because like she's my daughter and I love her and I don't want her to die." Do you think it was wrong for him to lie to her um, or you think he should have said it right away? I don't think it's wrong for him to lie to her, but I think that you you have to come to terms with the fact that what he did is wrong. What he did was like severely selfish, but also I can't think of anyone who would blame him for what he did. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's such a poignant ending 
is like you're on his side because you've been on this whole journey with him. And you're like, yeah, I don't want them to kill her either. This is great. We should rescue her and get her out of here. But it is the wrong thing to do pretty much. The only argument that I ever have is like, yeah, it is kind of selfish. But then you got to look at it at his point, too, because it wasn't guaranteed. Uh, and if you play Last of Us Part 2, you kind of get, like, backstory on the vaccine a little bit. They weren't 100% that this was going to be the vaccine to pretty much bring the world back to normal. I mean, yeah, they even say there's the doctor's notes that you pick up. They tried it before, and they kept failing, so mm-hmm. well, it doesn't matter. Right. I, like, like I said, I'm on his side. I'm pretty sure everyone else is on his side, but it's just an interesting thought experiment to be like, you know, if you remove yourself emotionally from that story, what he did was wrong. And yeah, that's yeah. why it's great, mm-hmm. I think. Because everyone's like, oh, the end is so, oh, you'll be so surprised, blah, blah. And, like, I just kept thinking one of them has to die. Joel probably dies or something. Uh, it's, but, but, no, like, they actually wrote an ending that was surprising and interesting and thought-provoking. So, great job, Naughty Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, is it the best story ever told in video games? No. no. But... I think a lot of why that game is so good is because what it does to you, the player, it's like you got to scrounge for supplies and stuff, and that's what makes part of it so good is the actual mechanics. But whatever, we can't talk about Last of Us all goddamn day, I guess. Um, After I watched it, though, I got to reward myself by watching the final action button review that I want to see, the Tim Rogers series about video (laughs) games. I'd seen all the other episodes more than once. I kept putting off watching The Last of Us because I'd never beat the game, so I finally got to watch it. And it was nice. And it's funny because after I watched it, it just started playing uh, the Doom one. And I just didn't stop it. <laughs> I rewatched uh, I watched The Last of Us action button, and then I rewatched Doom, and then I rewatched Final Fantasy. And now I'm about a quarter of the way through the Pac-Man one. It's just, it just keeps going, and I just keep not, not correcting it. Video games have come a long way since Pac-Man. That's true. <laughs> Pac-Man has come a long way. Since from himself, games. from himself. No, uh, I, we've we've talked about it before. If if anyone has never seen action button reviews, go watch them. But clear a little time to go watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, after I beat The Last of Us, I had one more game that I had started playing and hadn't beat last year, and that was Shredder's Revenge. So I went and beat that as well. Uh, the final two boss fights in that game are magic. I love them so much. <laughs> Uh, have you? Got, I, I know Chaz beat it. Did either of you beat Not Shredder's Revenge? Not yet. No. I, I won't spoil it then. But it's just the last two. The, the the two final boss fights are both real delights. Um, and uh, I watched a movie called Velvet Buzzsaw. Anyone ever seen that? Never no. heard of it. It's interesting. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is like a, a art critic, and there's also a bunch of other characters in it who are played by people I can't remember. Um. It's about like this this guy's evil art is making performance art come to life and murder people. I realized right at the end of the movie, it's a slasher movie, but the slasher is performance art made by like douchey people. It's it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> like the movie's not a masterpiece or anything, but I really enjoyed it. It's 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 a pretty fun time. It's on Netflix. It's worth giving a shot to. Like at first you'll be like put off because a lot of the characters are kind of unlikable but that's kind of the point like stick with it a little bit until like the the dark stuff starts happening and you'll see uh not to not to make a pun here but you'll see the writing on the wall and you're like oh okay this is gonna be a pretty fun movie then i guess 
<laughs> it's it's neat. It's okay. It's not fantastic. But what is fantastic is Bullet Train. We watched that right after it. I was like, holy shit, this movie's great. Yes. Like, uh, uh, like Bullet Train is the kind of movie that like it's not going to win any rewards. It's not like it didn't shift any paradigms. It didn't do anything I hadn't seen before. But it's it just so much fun. It reminds it, me of like obviously not because of the camera work, but like the humor and action. Uh, Hardcore Henry, just like important characters. Sure, somewhat. <laughs> it uh, it reminded me very much of um, Snatch, the Guy Ritchie movie, and mm-hmm. Baby Driver, the yes. right movie. It, it kept making me think about those two movies, and like I, I felt like you could watch all three of them back to back and like not not have any kind of a tonal shift or anything. Bull Train's so much fun. Like I said, it's not it's not going to like make you rethink philosophy or, or film or anything but god damn it it's so much fun you cannot go wrong with watching bullet train it's, it's on netflix right now so go watch it before it goes away mm-hmm. and uh i was stuck at my girlfriend's and i couldn't play any of the games i was supposed to be playing so i started doom 2 because i've never really played or beat it uh i got sucked way into doom 2 that game is fun man it's hard as shit mm-hmm. like um it, it kind of belongs to the super mario brothers lost levels school of thought where the sequel is a continuation of the first game and not starting over. Because usually when you when yeah. you play the sequel to a game, it starts you back at like baby mode and then it builds back up to hard. Doom 2 is like, you beat Doom, right? Okay, well, we're going to go from there. <laughs> it just like gets hard. It stays hard. <laughs> uh, but I'm it's almost hard. done with it. I'm on map 26 of 30. So I'm right at the end. And tomorrow I'm going to once again be stuck somewhere without with only my Switch. So I'm hoping to beat it tomorrow. But Oh, I was going to be like, did you play Doom on like a refrigerator or something? Because you can play Doom everywhere. No, it's, it's Doom 2. Play it on my Switch. Yeah. That I, I, counts as anywhere, everywhere. Because, yeah, you know, Switch is comparable to a, a washing machine in terms of hardware. I want to get the Fire Emblem games. That's my <laughs> next purchases probably after Dead Space. I just uh, I like having something on the switch because then I can play it, you know, in the bathroom, in bed, at my girlfriend's house, at my dad's house. Like if I'm somewhere else, I want to have a game kind of on the on the burner. And right now it's Doom 2, but I'm about to beat Doom 2 in like a week. So whatever. Um, Oh, and also I, I found and beat the Wolfenstein level, which was fun. But I didn't realize that the Wolfenstein level also has a secret exit. But whatever. It's OK. Um. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I uh, I beat a couple games. I'm hoping to beat Doom Two. Oh, and Metal Gear Two. But I'm gonna I'm gonna save. I'm gonna keep all that to myself. Okay, uh, Zach, what the hell you been watching, playing, or doing? <clears throat> uh, I've been watching Twin Peaks again with uh, family who hasn't seen it. What do they um, think? Well, that's fun. <laughs> oh well, my mom likes it. Uh, she she thinks. Uh, Sometimes some scenes drag out a little bit, but which that's is David like, Lynch. <laughs> that's yes, David Lynch. It's okay. Yeah, there's but, something uh, special about watching Twin Peaks with someone who's not watched it. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, but uh, it's still like one of my favorite things ever. It's, it's mm. still just one of the best things ever put to to film, I think. But uh, also watched random episodes of X Files. Nice. Just, you know, just. Random monster of the week stuff, whatever. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, and I watched uh, Pat the NES Punk's Amico video. Yes, good. Night. It's yeah, great, it was, right? It popped up in my feed, and I was just like, oh, let's go watch this. And uh, and you remembered I heavily recommended it last week, of course. 
that too. And I was like, yeah, you said it was good. I tried to get into his stuff before and it didn't really take. So his stuff's all over the place in terms of like goodness, like ability. I don't know what to say. <laughs> this was years ago. This is like, uh, remember when he first collaborated with uh, James Rolfe? Yeah. That was like, th- that was the first time I tried. I'd never heard of him before up until that point. And then it was like, I don't like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. His early stuff is like, it, it it's kind of like informative with interjected jokes. And a lot of the jokes just don't really land that way. I always, yeah. I always like, that's how I remember him is like, oh, that's the guy with the REO speed wagon hair, the curly hair. <laughs> the REO yeah, speed wagon right. hair. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, this video was good and it was funny and I had no, like, I didn't know there was a bunch of these fucking YouTubers that were like being total hack fraud shills for this piece of crap and acting like, and all I could think of was, is like, I bet all you like fuckers complained about game journalism or something and you're doing like the same thing right yeah, now. Gamergate. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, it was pretty. It was pretty funny though. I liked how he kept like interjecting himself into like all these stupid like Zoom calls and shit or, or whatever yeah. they were doing. <laughs> yeah, at first, like it's like clearly obvious. I mean, it's very obvious that he's. It's like fake when he's actually talking to Tommy Tellerico. I like the part where he says they're gaming racists, and he's like, Tommy, <laughs> there's no way that I could be complacent with this. What kind of journalist would I be if I just let you get away with that during an interview or something like? That? Like making fun yeah. of the person who had actually been doing that interview. Yes, like, gaming, and like when he's talking to him in his Ferrari and he tries to get him to go to Disney on ice. And at first I thought all the other clips were fake. I thought they were YouTubers he knew that he was like, I need you to record something like calling me a liar or something. That's all real. That's all real <laughs> shit. It's hilarious. It's so crazy. I, I, can't, I didn't know about that, that uh, end of it there. I didn't know about that. And I didn't know they had released physical games already oh that that was wow that was a whole other thing too yeah how'd you like like a bunch of cell phone games and like five ten dollar steam games like four on a cart a card for eighty dollars that sounds great right yeah they're all for a console that doesn't exist wow (laughs) maybe you could get it graded (laughs) (laughs) that would be fantastic (laughs) Uh, review tech usa was like backing it at uh at some point but he came out he's like this is shit and i'm like wait a second you were all in on this fucking console now (laughs) yeah a few people have reneged and like if they've realized what the problem is and then they come out and say look i was wrong this is why it's Mm kind of okay one of them was uh what's his name john riggs i think i kind of like i kind of like him and he's in that Pat the NES Punk video too, being like, "Oh, it's going to be great." And then it shows him later. He says, "Don't buy the Amiga." <laughs> like, <laughs> so he he was one of the ones who woke up, and at least he like you know was well, transparent he about it. Had some integrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the funniest part of that whole video, though, that guy bought another shirt. Good for him. And that's just like, <laughs> so funny. That's the funniest fucking thing. And he's like so sincere. I love it. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting your thing. It's fine. Uh. I'm still reading Itchy Tasty. I am roughly two-thirds through now. Uh, just got finished reading about the uh, Sega ports, uh, the handheld attempts, like the early handheld attempts, uh, which was like they tried to port RE1 to Game Boy Color, and it, it didn't work. They like Honestly, the game was like 90 
percent finished or something. And Capcom just pulled the plug and they're like, no, this this just isn't good enough. So they just gave up. And they did that Gaiden game where it turns into zombie punch out if they get close enough to you. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's kind of fun. I still want to play that game. I me too. <laughs> Someday we'll work to do and lost of nightmares. Someday we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um then the Survivor games, which are like a weird, fun side trip. Uh, funnily enough, when we talked about the first Survivor, and I still say I'm going to recommend it as like one of those games that are so bad that it's good, you should play it. It's the room of Resident Evil games. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, like... Die, Vincent, die! Die! <laughs> I just want you to come home, Vincent! Please come home! His mother's like begging him to come home. <laughs> but, but he like, doesn't, does he? No, he does. He, he dies. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but uh, we were talking about like uh, trying to come up with like development uh, background for it, and there was nothing. Uh, and he kind of was talking about that in the book. Uh, I think this company called Tosei in Japan developed it uh, for Capcom. They contracted it out, and yeah. There's no information because apparently Tosei is contra- contractually barred from talking about anything that they work on ever. Hmm. <laughs> like Which ever? Is... Like it doesn't have, it doesn't, the contract doesn't have like a statute of limitation or whatever it's called. I, it doesn't get into, into it any further than that. I, what huh. I think is it's, it's from their end. Like their lawyer or whatever the hell their legal department probably drew that up in their contracts when they, get a job you know some Vince McMahon shit right there yeah yeah absolute that's very uh very old school Japanese uh gaming development rules there and they still and the company didn't go under they're still around they still go by that because he tried to contact them they he's like no we can't talk about it sorry even though it was 23 years ago whatever trade secrets Maybe yeah. someone should be like a Reddit anonymous person and just post <laughs> like all the secrets. That's how a lot of that stuff gets out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe someday somebody will if they remembered uh, to to bother with it. <laughs> I always wonder when someone's researching something like Itchy Tasty, is there a Japanese Reddit, Japanese Twitter, Japanese fucking 4chan? I know there's a Japanese 4chan. Like where that kind of stuff happens? Like do you need to be savvy to that to research it? Or I, I don't know. I've always wondered. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there's uh, a ki- maybe there's a kill switch or not a kill switch like a a kill trigger like when you di- when you die <laughs> just yeah, put a bomb in your neck when you get hired so oh, leak yeah. any information <laughs> that yeah. too or like when he's on his deathbed he's like son post the Reddit post and he like posts it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that Sonic Extreme uh, work builds get out and stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm, I'm just now reading about. Uh, the relationship starting with Nintendo. I mean, besides the handheld stuff now, like they just port talk about the Resident Evil Two port that was like insane, and mm-hmm. getting ready to talk about Resident Evil Zero when it starts on N sixty four. Um, which I'm very curious to see what he found out about that. That's always yeah. been a pretty little interesting sidebar there. Uh, played Octopath Traveler some more. Just plug plugging along. Not much else to say. So I'm, I'm playing Devil May Cry 5 casually on the side now, just getting through levels as, as, as a Virgil. And uh, that's it. That's everything I did. All right, Chaz, you are up. What have you been watching, playing, or doing? A lot of drugs. I got sick again. 
Yep. <laughs> I, I ate some funny meat. Turns out there were mushrooms in it. No. Uh, <laughs> I just wait yeah. for you to say you got you don't you're not gonna get you're not gonna tell anybody you get sick again because you're just embarrassed about it now. You just go dark yeah. for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> Chaz hasn't been on the show in six weeks. We, we're hoping he's still alive. <laughs> he's either dead or sick, or maybe both. And then you and then you find out he entered the Royal Rumble. You, you can't kill this husk. husk. I've been dead inside for years. <laughs> uh, so uh, actually, did a fair amount of stuff despite work like being in a weird place and i've also now been blessed um with that that extra special step in parenthood i've always been lucky because my daughter has slept in her own room and was very consistent about sleeping in her own room for nearly four years but the last two weeks especially this past week has been a nightmare she now wants to sleep in the bed with us and she wants us to go to bed when she does Guess what? That is before we do this fucking podcast. So it's really hard to to get away with with that. Um, so at any point, I might hear her give out a banshee scream and got to deal with that. But um, at least I hope I'm not having to do it. I'm, I'm kind of back up there. But yeah, so that despite all that affecting sleep and whatnot, um, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little more in a sec. Um, I watched a handful of movies uh, uh, with the wife. Um, oh, that was the other thing I'd watched. I need to add that for sure, because I definitely want to talk about this movie. Um, so I watched the movie. My wife had watched it before. Uh, I let her, it was a, a kind of like a semi-like evening, hang out with her and watch something. She put Chosen. It's called The Lost City of D. I, I have no particular attachment or, or feel for the movie. It's a romantic comedy that's got, it's kind of like a fourth wall type of thing, making fun or playing kind of a parody on those like historical smut books. <laughs> It's basically a historical smut book that comes to life where they play it out. I will say some of the stuff's kind of funny in it. There's some random people in it that are pretty good. Sandra Bullock and I always forget his name. Is it is it Channing Tatum? Yeah, that is the yeah. name of an actor. I, I always flip them. I have to make sure. So Channing Magic Tatum. Magic Mike. Magic Mike. Yeah, that guy. Uh, That's weird. They are both also in Bullet Train, which apparently you're going to talk about. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We're getting to more of the Bullet Train stuff. Yeah. Uh, so Brad Pitt is randomly in this movie for just a very st- very brief stint and just also gets killed off. The whole cast of Bullet Trains in this movie. Just randomly <laughs> gets killed. Um, and uh, Daniel Radcliffe is the villain. What? Yep. Huh. It's a pretty funny movie. Uh, we had to stop the movie because my wife was laughing and cackling so hard that she was wheezing. So shows what taste she has in the movie. So if you ask her, this is an 11 out of 10 film. Um, <laughs> I, th- I would give it like six and a half. Like Chazes. serviceable. Yeah, six and a half chances. Maybe a seven. If it's a I got better. a question. Because Channing Tatum was being gay in Bullet Train. Was Brad Pitt being gay in that movie? No, not at all. Actually, the funniest <laughs> part of it is, I'll give a little premise because it is kind of funny. Sandra Bullock's the person writing these books. And Channing Tatum's uh, character is the model that is the cover of her books. Oh. But something happens where she gets kidnapped by Daniel Radcliffe, who's like this billionaire trust fund guy that is actually looking for the historic artifact that she wrote about because she's she's actually got a lot of historical background in, in, uh, in archaeology and stuff. Well, Tatum is actually in love with her secretly and wants to rescue her. So he wants to be like the hero he is. Brad Pitt is him in real life. Brad Pitt's character in the show is like this ex-Marine, SEAL Team 6, I'll go and and do the Liam Neeson taken thing. And he gets there and they like he's like the full hero with the long flowing hair. And then they finally get to her to save her. And he finally saves her. 
uh, like pretty early on, and then he just gets shot in the head and killed. And then they're just stuck in the jungle in the middle of nowhere with this goof that has no idea how to survive. <laughs> so that's the premise of the movie. It's pretty funny. They, they uh, pulled a Chiang Tatum from Hateful Eight. Yeah, that, on him. It, it kind of reminded me of in Tropic Thunder when the, the director comes up with the great idea of sticking him out in the middle of nowhere and he takes uh-huh. the first step and Steps blows himself up with the landmine. That's basically <laughs> what happens. Yeah, so it's pretty, pretty good. Uh, funny film. Uh, moving on to, to the other things I'd watched. Um, I finally watched Banshees of Inishirin. Um I will say this about the movie because everyone and their mother told me, you need to watch this movie. This is a great movie. You need to watch this movie. I can't believe you haven't watched this. What's wrong with you? You have no soul. Watch this movie. I think it hyped it a little bit. And also, this was the first night my daughter was interrupting everything in my waking life uh, with her screaming and wailing. So this movie got interrupted a fuck ton. I need to go back and honestly watch it again with a run through without it getting interrupted because there are pieces that I think I missed a little bit. So I would have appreciated more. Even with all of that, it was still very good. Um, I did not expect the tonal shift that happened in the movie. Has anyone watched Banshees of Inisherin? No. Not yet. Nah. Okay, cool. So now I won't spoil anything. There, there's a tonal shift that happens through the movie, but it's I guess it's kind of expected, but I don't know. I think that's that's part of it. Is I think it, if I watched it through without any interruption, I think I would it wouldn't have been like as surprising to me as it was. But it was fine. It was a good movie though. Some really funny lines and bits in it. Very very dry. Uh, humor but very good would recommend it it I, th- I think i have no reason to say that it doesn't deserve all the accolades it's getting in terms of all these uh awards nominations and stuff um i watched about four minutes of bullet train and then uh, i gave the fuck up because well screaming child uh, and i went upstairs to sleep with her so i thought I you i thought that train. meant you were gonna say you hated it and i was like oh. uh, yeah Oh no! I'm, I'm actually I'm pissed about Bullet Train because I told I had it saved to our Netflix like watch list. Yeah. And Suzanne decided one day I'll just watch it because that sounds like fun without me in the middle of the day because you know she gets Ouch. to stay home while I work. And I can't and I actually got to come home early like at lunch at, and she's watching Bullet Train. I'm like, what are you? And it's like walking in and my wife's cheating on me, but worse because she's just watching a movie I wanted to watch. So I was like, how could you? Why aren't you like sucking another guy's dick? You're just watching a movie that I wanted to watch. I'm so upset. You should have so... been like the, you should have been like that guy. Uh there's this guy on the internet, like every time the Dallas Cowboys lose in playoffs, he takes his TV and smashes it on his driveway and goes to Best Buy to buy another TV because apparently the TV is like bad luck. <laughs> That's what I would have done if I saw my significant other watching movie. No! <sighs> I saw a lot of internet crybabies after the Cowboys lost. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I, I mean, I, <laughs> my 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 problem is, uh, you know, I shouldn't have had expectations. I it was like literally finally a, a time where I thought, well, maybe they could win, and then they sucked ass as usual. I should have worn my my. I have a shirt that has the Dallas Cowboy logo, and it says "Fire Everyone." Uh, so I don't know. Go Bengals! That's where I'm at now. Who day? So, yeah, who day? So uh, the Jaguars. I, have, I the Jaguars. Go back, go, well, the Jaguars are out now, so yeah. Uh, no, yeah, they they can go home. So they <laughs> they can do. Uh, but uh, Bullet Train does seem like a movie I'm gonna like. I'm really excited to watch it. In fact, if depending on how I'm feeling after this, I may just go ahead and watch it. Um, I went to the theaters and watched the Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. That movie's <laughs> fucking hilarious. 
Yeah, we have a friend movie. that won't shut up about it. Yeah, <laughs> we do, and every right though, it's actually really good. So, uh, the main reason I wanted to watch this, other than it being the whole "Hey, let's take our kid to the movie theater," what movies are available? Well, there's one children's film, and all these other things she's gonna hate. Well, I mm. guess we know what we're watching. Um, this film is the first animated film to be the highest grossing animated film uh, to beat a Disney film in like 20 plus years or whatever. So for the first time, like since Pixar basically has existed, Disney has lost in terms of having the highest grossing or rest rated movie. Um, so I don't think that's too. I think, I think Shrek two beat a Pixar movie at the box office. Sure. Oh, I'm I'm just going on whatever the well, I saw the little fun fact. So well, yeah, I mean that's that's still been like a billion years. So sure, sure. So uh, that being said, the uh, the movie had some hype there. I was like, okay, it seems like it, it would be okay. It kind of ties into the Shrek universe at least. So we went and watched it. The the movie is great. It's got a lot of humor that is appealing to to kids. It's still family friendly. There, is, if you have a younger kid, you pro- I will say. If you got a kid that's super skittish about scary stuff or they're under five, maybe not the best movie after all. There's like a personification of death in the film. The Undertaker? Um, <laughs> does he basically show up just like, you? sits up about D, is it DUIs this time? Is it starving children in Somalia? Is it <laughs> yeah, basically well it's it's a wolf that is death. He has sickle swords and oh, he, I've seen him in the memes. He's, yeah, he, he, he's into memes. He, he like gets off on fear. He smells fear and he gets, gets a boner and he starts like wanting to fight people. But anyway, he's only in the movie for like a total of five minutes, but oh, really? all of that, my, my daughter was ready to piss herself. So he is kind of scary for, for a kid. That being said, um, they have, a, uh, what's the character's name? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember the, the, the character, uh, but, uh, he can't. There's a there's a dog that's in the movie that is involved that's hilarious. It's like this therapy dog, and it's it's like this one of those dogs is just like terribly ugly. It has like scars all over it. You don't know why, and it just its proportions are off. And you're like, God, fucking weird looking dog. But it's cute. He wins you over with his charm, and he's also like been rejected all of his life, and people have tried to kill him, and he thinks they're playing hide and seek with him. It's really pathetic and, and horrible, but it's it's funny. They they turn it into this weird dark thing. John Mulaney plays one of the villains in the movie. And this villain, good. this villain gets, oh yeah, it's great. Cause it's, it's, it's this, uh, I can't remember. It's like a nursery rhyme character that's pissed because he didn't actually have powers. And, uh, he ends up like with all this money. So he spends all of his time gathering actual magical artifacts. Like he hunts down baby unicorn horns, um, like really twisted stuff. <laughs> well, he, he gets a bottle and opens it. And it is the ripoff of Jiminy Cricket. His name is literally ethical cricket. That was how he was billed. And he just sounds like Don Knotts just sitting on his shoulder. Well, I don't know. I think you should think about this. Don't you have value for a human life? And was that Dr. Phil? Uh, <laughs> that, that was that was that was my Don Knotts impersonation, so I guess it's Dr. Phil. <laughs> You're fat. Knotts. I'm not gonna sugarcoat that because you'll eat that too. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh I really love that character because he's trying to tell him basically just not to murder everything. And the hit John Mulaney's character is just like dead inside and is like the meanest, most evil person ever. And it's like, no, nope, fucking kill everything. Uh, so it, it's funny. It's got its, its moments of dark humor in it that uh, I feel like some are obvious, some are not. Uh, 
get really funny. If you like the Shrek stuff or that type of humor, you'll love it. Uh, there's also a little teaser at the very end of the film um, about the new Shrek movie, which I mean, it's already been announced. So. Oh, God. They're making another Shrek movie? I didn't they, know are. they were doing that. They Jesus. are doing another Shrek movie. Shrek doing is like, love. Shrek everything is, is Marvel now. Like, we have to have, like, the Shrek universe. <laughs> I mean, there was always a universe mm-hmm. for Shrek. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a neat thing. They just tie in so many little, like, fables and fairy tales. Uh, yeah, I, I just enjoyed it. Um, let's see. Still cranking through all the Naruto shows. I am currently on two, 210 or 211 of Shippuden. Did you get so, your info cards in the mail yet? No, I haven't. It's really unfortunate. But I have now gotten to the, to meet the Raikage in, in the Land of the Clouds. And they are the coolest fucking people ever. They're like, they're really cool, like, uh, Afro ninjas that are, like, hip-hop. There's, like, one guy that's, like, just like Naruto. He has one of the beasts living in him. Uh, no, no, and, hang on, no, no. And he does no, hip-hop no. and he rhymes and stuff. It's it's actually pretty funny. Don't 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 say cool stuff about 200 episodes in Naruto. That's not cool. You can't do that. Yep, sorry. <laughs> I'm not fucking watching that show. Oh, it's not gonna oh I'm not 200 episodes in. I'm I'm, like, 450. Oh, yeah, you're in Shippuden or what the fuck ever. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm double then. Point. That goes double. You can't, you can't <laughs> say there's cool stuff that far into that show. Not doing it. Hey, guys, it gets ball. better. Dragon it gets Z. better. You just got to watch 500 episodes. It gets really good at the 500. I can't watch 26 <laughs> episodes of an anime anymore. Yeah. So, anyway. You can. Just stop Naruto's watching still, Naruto's still great. Uh, <laughs> been good beats in it. Uh, I did beat Pokemon Scarlet, uh, mm. which was was good. Uh, felt like it was a little underwhelming at the end. I felt like, as far as endings go, like each thing I faced was fairly easy. But I, I feel like there's a weird spike in difficulty, and then after that, like when you get the team together, it's mm-hmm. all just kind of like a, a walk in the park. After that, I mean, the final yeah. fight's like a little rough, but not that bad. Yeah, I I didn't. I guess for me, it was a I I hit a certain like 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 you said, there's like a certain like level you hit. I think like around. I guess if we're using the gym badges to kind of tell, there's a jump in like that seventh badge area. But because I try to like intentionally keep my my stuff leveled around the same, mm-hmm. so it's and, and not to like power level over things. So, I mean, I was still about two levels under every everything from Elite Four on, and you know the other last like quest and stuff, and still just didn't really have any trouble. But it's okay. Game game's fun. Uh, I haven't really got to dive into any post game yet to do like the paradox stuff or anything, but I'll get to that. Um, I went to a Pokemon TCG event. Uh, it's actually a bigger one that was like a bunch of prize support. It was like 1K in total, and I got third place, so that was pretty cool. Um, won a bunch of extra packs, got a bunch of Crown Zenith too, opened those boxes, and, and cranked out a, a ton of really cool rares and stuff that I'm not going to show off. I'm just a loser, but it was awesome. And then the last thing, I, I played like a couple hours of Resident Evil 8 because I, I didn't get a chance to, to beat it. I basically started the game, did the part where, you're, you know, the, the mandatory, you have to survive for so many minutes for the cutscene to happen. Yep. And then, then like, you know, the game actually starts. Um, I don't know why I never came back to that, but I just restarted it, did all that again, went through the, uh, the first little bit there after you beat the old lady. And then I'm currently getting getting my, my foot fetish on with a big stompy lady. 
uh, mommy, mommy milkers, mommy milkers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Uh, that's that's about it. I'd like to figure out something else to play now that Scarlet's done. I guess, and I don't feel like RE8 is super long based on what I'm I know about it. So I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do next. Well, sounds been, like Resident Evil 8, right? Well, I'm saying after I finish it because I, I don't think it's gonna oh. take too long. I'm like playing two or three steps ahead and. I'm kind of getting an itch to play Final Fantasy VII in some capacity. Um, Me too. I rewatched that action button of Final Fantasy Remake and OG or Remake. I really want to play Final I want to play the original again. I, I That's what I'm kind of thinking. I uh, I got some nostalgia the other day listening to some Night of the Round, and I'm, I'm thinking about just playing. Did you watch their Mag- MAGFest set by any chance? They posted I- it. Go watch. Yeah, it. I, I saw. I got a message uh, about it. I, I need to watch it. I I just haven't checked it out yet, but I, I'm not sure. I'm also getting the itch to play a Souls game, but I know oh, that's no. a bad idea. I really need to just let off of that. You really need to just branch out. Get Dead yeah. Space remake. I'm getting it. Oh, that yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. an option. Mm-hmm. So play Resident Evil Seven. That's it. I think we're ready to jump into our. Well, our, bef- our before, here. before we get into that, we have an ad. Be right back. Woo! Hello, everybody. It's me, Joe Dubs. And yes, you're looking at Escape in Pages. What is that? Well, it's a monthly book club that starts every first Saturday of every month where we'll be discussing books, whether it be me solo or with people. Every month, we will be discussing a book, whether it be a comic book, whether it be a graphic novel, whether it be a just novel or novella or anything that has to do with writing. It will be live on Big Trouble Archives, YouTube, and Twitch. I hope to see you guys or gals or whatever gender there is out there on Escape in Pages. See you guys and get reading. That's a shout out to my uh, buddy out there, Mark Hamill. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> if you don't know the drama, just go look it up. I'm not fucking saying it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're doing some Twilight Zone fucking Eye of the Beholder. That is the first thing that we're going to be talking about since that is uh, in chronological order. This is a D&D story written by uh, R.A. Salvatore and... I just <laughs> <laughs> oh that that's that's pretty clever you clever girl um so yeah preface uh, i think you'd already mentioned it uh earlier in the episode and if you were watching last week's episode or listen to last week's episode you know too um i am now just getting my feet wet into the, the twilight zone and i wanted to pick two more memorable or uh to well versed episodes so i went to google to see what google kind of recommended looked at a couple of different lists i didn't go for like obvious like whatever the top was but as i said last week i appreciated the fact that there weren't very many lists that agreed with each other which is always a good thing i think in terms of a series uh, it's very endearing if, if several people are trying to say this is the best episode so um that being said uh, these were two that were consistently in that top five top ten range um and I get why now watching them because I totally have seen both of these uh, either parodied or spoofed in some way multiple mm-hmm. times. So yes. these are also very well-known uh, uh, episodes. So uh, to kind of just briefly go over, I, I think Eye of the Beholder, actually both of them kind of 
if you just tell the premise, you can say it shortly, but then we can talk about like the psychology of, of, of the thing. And the, and the, uh, well, the, to go up your show. parodies, uh, Saturday Night Live did both of them. Um, I think it was more modernized and then like the uh, early 2000s for Nightmare at 20,000 feet. But they did Eye of the Beholder um, with Norm MacDonald as Rod Serling. Uh, and when they took off the bandages, it was Pamela Anderson. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, they've they've done... Uh, Futurama has done uh, parodies of both of these episodes, uh, as well as uh, The Simpsons, at least Nightmare 20,000 Feet, if I recall. Yes, it was I mean, a, I, it was a uh, treehouse of horror. Bart's on the bus instead of a plane. Yeah, I, I feel like the night. I, I agree with what you had said last week, Andy. Nightmare Twenty Thousand Feet by far has been like the most parody thing. Like I, I saw it and immediately knew what was going to happen when it started. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the same breath, Eye of the Beholder was kind of the same. So effectively, the setting is uh, there. You're in a hospital, and a woman is at a clinic, and um, the camera setting is always locked to never show any faces other than the main character in question who has her entire face bandaged. And they're talking about her condition. And as, as the episode plays out, it's discovered that she apparently, at least we would assume from hearing has some type of horrible disfigurement or defect that affects the look of her face that, and she has been trying her whole life to have this fixed because she's been an outcast. So, She's gone, uh, undergone some radical treatments um, to fix this, which has left her covered with bandages. Um, and she's eventually now ready to just to try to be free of this and, and be able to have the bandages off to see if this last treatment has worked. Again, as the episode ensues, they make it more and more clear and build up the suspense that this is the last time she could have a treatment, that after this she would have to be moved to a community of people just like her. The ghetto. Uh, yeah, the, if it, she was she kind of calls the ghetto rather than being put in a community. She's saying I'm being segregated. This isn't right. Mm. Um, they tell her not to be any more hysterical. They'll have to sedate her. Finally, they get to the point of of that great reveal, and it is revealed that she is a beautiful woman. And they finally reveal the faces of the other people around her, and they all have like this weird like deformed like pig face where they have like the pig snouts and like rough edges around the cheekbones um there are bits in between oh go ahead i'm sorry that uh the the face that they have there is there used to be you could buy a mask of it i've regretted for years not buying (laughs) okay but they all have like the exact same look which i feel like would get confusing but whatever I like mm-hmm. the rim of the like mouth area, like under the nose, like it does like a little rim thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I always laugh at the part where like when she's escaping and stuff and running through the halls, like there's like a nurse and a doctor, like <laughs> almost smooching and stuff and with their faces. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also shows that they live in a dystopian society because they have like a dictator that's like screaming on the TV set, which I want to nip- leader. Yeah, I want to nitpick one thing about like I love the camera work of not showing their faces, but when they like show the TV, <laughs> like the cameraman just doesn't zoom in on the dictator. It just like mm-hmm. the one shot of him just standing there, just talking like a small podium. And then obviously, when it is revealed that they're all ugly faces, it's like a rack zoom on that, <laughs> really zoomed in on the face of him screaming and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I understand where they were going on that. It's just a small nitpick. 
I think if yeah. it was an SD, you probably couldn't have been able to tell as well. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would mm-hmm. bet. I'd, I would bet for that. It probably looked very more obscured. It's just the advancement of modern uh, television has just made it a little, little less vague. But that, that being said, too, I, I got really, especially the very first time they show that. You like you said, there's this dystopian uh, uh, society that's kind of slowly like peeled away at that's that's that they're living in and they're separating other people that don't look like them very strong like plays off of like nazi germany in a way it's like very old master race kind of type of things yeah uh which again it's a very intentional it makes sense uh but uh i i again this is one of those things where i had never seen this but immediately upon her having those bandages on uh my wife who actually ended up watching both episodes with me uh she was like reading a book and then she got caught into watching them uh we're watching it and i did the whole thing that she always hates but she's just used to it by now because this what happens when you're married to someone you just get used to their flaws or you cheat on them uh and she looked at me and i said i bet she's gonna have a normal face and they're gonna have not normal faces. I don't know what they're going to look like. Probably something disgusting like pigs or, or ghouls or something. <laughs> Literally said that. And she's like, how? and then at the end, she's like, how did you know all right? Obviously, because this has been parodied far too many times. Yeah, it's in, it's in a ton of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and kind of the same thing with uh nightmare at 20,000 feet. You know, I didn't know how these were going to end, but I knew the premise of what was going to happen. We'll get to that one in a sec. But despite that, I really enjoyed it. It still tells a very strong thing. The, the whole point is that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, uh, and it kind of just shows that we're, we're all under this assumption that there's something wrong with this person. But there's there's actually not at all. It's, it's all just the viewpoint of what's considered beautiful versus what's ugly or what is considered a disease or what's wrong. Um, and again, there's a lot of subtle hints towards uh, you know treating someone who, who looks different uh, a certain way, which... Yeah, like again, he's off racism. I mean, for sure, racism and and disability. Like, if you think about Mm -hmm. it, like everybody's equal, no matter what, on how they look or you know what their body parts are doing or how they operate in in the world. And that's what I love about Rod Sterling is he could take that issue and still give us an amazing story where we're just like, (laughs) she's the beautiful one, and they're all fucking ugly. But what what am I to say that they're ugly? You know, Mm -hmm. exactly. but yeah. I like her acting. Like I, I was telling Andy before you guys came in, I was like, she like I didn't notice it at first, but she's amazing. <laughs> like when she has the bandages on her face, and she's like, you could tell she's concerned. Like yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, she's I I, I, can't, I kept thinking about that thing, um, that kind of meme where it's like they brought her in and they said, look, this is a 22 minute television show. Um, it's about weird pig people in an alternate universe. Like, be sad, but don't don't play it too hard. She was like, "I'm gonna play this role as serious as a heart attack." Like, she yeah. was like, she went all in on this role and like really nailed it. Well, you, yeah. you, you know what? Like, you know the big issue that uh, with the Halo TV show, like people were just like, "Why the fuck did he take off his helmet?" Like, you could act under a helmet. It, they do that in the Mandalorian. Like, you don't need to show a face to show emotions. And that's what, like, the actress did. Like, she had bandages on her face, but I I felt her fucking emotions through that. It was just like, I mean, she did, like, over the top, like, oh, I want to breathe the air. The air. Oh, so, so it smells so great. And I like that 
she knows that she has that face, but she wants to change it so she can be like them. That's the fucked up part, too. She's willing to conform, yeah. Yeah. You have to kind of overact to make up for your face not being shown. Mm. Uh, it's just something that's, I think, has been kind of like a unsaid rule of thumb about acting in general. <laughs> you can't clearly... voice actor will tell you that, too. That too. Oh yeah, if you're if you're doing VO work, yeah, you have to try even harder. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of goes back to the wrestling principle a little bit too. We were talking about like they're doing stuff for TV, but at the same time, you got to do stuff for people way up in the seats and they can't see very well. So you have to overact that stuff so that gets across. Same kind of principle. Mm-hmm. I was thinking no, about it, how the Power Rangers get hit and they like oversell everything. Uh, and they're, they're all the over exaggerated. <laughs> Let's get them, yeah! And then they just like, <laughs> but, yeah, no, her acting was great. Like I haven't seen this episode for a while, and I, I thought the same thing. Like, damn, she's acting her ass off. I need to look her up after well, watching this. And, they, and that's the thing too. There's actually two different actresses they use for this. They, uh, oh, I mean, I didn't. I just I like to always pull up IMDb on these things, but um, up until the point of the reveal. Uh, Maxine Stewart is who's playing her character, but then right up at the reveal, they use someone else for the look. Ah. What I think is also interesting, kind of thinking of it in a fourth wall kind of way. Yeah, they're like, this voice actress is not pretty enough. And everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, did you read the script of this fucking episode? You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of what I thought. I was like, wow. I kind of want a little backstory on that a little bit. I bet you Rod Serling is like, I want to use her and like the produce like the producer and production company. Nah, we need someone that's fucking beautiful. <laughs> of course, it's always possible. What I was thinking about is they might have tried to record audio in the scene, and with all that shit on, it probably didn't pick up her voice. And maybe the actress had moved on to a new gig or something. Like, oh, we gotta get someone here to be the voice or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, that's something that bothered me about this episode, though, is I hate that all of her uh, lines are delivered. You can tell it's a, in a voiceover. Yeah. And some of it was a little too up on the mic for me. I I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just more sensitive to this, but I felt like a lot of it was like, this. yeah, like hear the mouth. Noises. And I just uh, I don't like it. <laughs> you don't like mouth noises? No, nope. uh, I tell you oh, what, I didn't ASMR. like uh, that the guy at the end. Whenever they're like, "Oh yeah, you can come live with us, and you'll be happy here," that guy was too goddamn handsome for his own good. <laughs> it actually bothered me how good looking that guy was objectively. I was like, "This pisses me off." Yeah, he That's had muscles guy, and everything. Yeah, he, like, the guy was like just like a, a complete stud. And I'm like, "This is the guy they send to say it's okay. You'll you'll really come in on your own, and, you, and you'll like it. We're just a bunch of rejects." And yeah. I get that's the whole point. So I, they got me there. I was like, well, shit. Well, he's a total uggo in that society. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I, it's just weird that both of them are like so far into what we our beauty standards. Like they don't look plain. They don't look. Oh, I, it's, it's a weird casting choice on their part. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like that. Uh, even the doctor mentioned it because when she's running through the halls and obviously ends up where the representative is like <laughs> in the office and stuff. And he's like, oh, for some strange reason, you found your way. <laughs> like, and he's like, here, hands are off and stuff. And then we got that weird dialogue. Because, like, in my head, again, I wasn't around when Nazi Germany was happening or whoever they were invading. But at the same time, I'm like, 
Man, that, that guy is like way too happy to be in this territory of picking up people. But I guess like that's what uh, ambassadors do. Uh, it's, it's not even like a Nazi Germany thing. Like um, in Cambodia, I think it was Pol Pot. He uh, executed people because they wore glasses. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's, not, that's not a joke. That, that's something he really did. If you wore glasses or if you spoke a foreign language... Or like a bunch of weird arbitrary things right up against the wall. Jesus Christ! Uh, He's yeah. like four eyes and fucking does it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's people with glasses—they read too much. They're too smart. People who speak foreign scared. language are too smart. I gotta get rid of these people. Yeah, I I kind of thought of it as again Nazi Germany's probably like the only thing I got vibes from that was the with the leader, but the dystopian part reminded me more in in a different way, but it reminded me more of how Asian Americans were treated during the world war two, where they were put in internment camps um, because it was like, mm. Oh, well, it's okay. We're not, we're not killing them. We're not doing anything bad. We just want to make sure they don't turn on us. We want to make sure they're not spies. They're different. Uh, and then because they tried to make up for that, this fun little historical fact, they tried to make up for the fact that, Oh, our bad. We didn't mean to make it really racist that we put all the Japanese people and therefore other people that looked like they may have been Japanese in internment camps. Um, we don't want you to think anything bad. So they came up with a partnership to help bring more people from Asia to the U S well, the people that could afford it were the people that were of higher class uh, who had had good education. So higher uh, more civilized families were the ones that came, and because those are the ones that came, they naturally had stood a better chance to get better jobs to get this. So then the stereotype that all Asians were smart was born. Oh, so that's why that exists. You're welcome. Hmm. Uh, I, the, the whole thing it didn't make me think. It made me think about leper colonies. That's all I thought from this episode the whole time. Oh, that that's a good one. Yeah, leper colonies, or uh, I mean, into a point like the typhoid Mary thing, but that fits in this kind of. The same I mean, in that case, leper. it's a disease, and I kind of get it, but still, it's, that's what I'm treating my family members like lepers. I'm like, get away from me. Uh, <laughs> you fucking ago, go away. <laughs> uh, I, I again, I, I'm not saying I like the dialogue that I agree with him, but I like the dialogue that he was like, kind of like reasoning like hey this is the 11th surgery we tried and we're putting so much money into you since you're so fucking ugly that we can't can't fix you yeah he's and like that's all we're allowed to do and i was like why <laughs> yeah the what the wording was so we, weird. we did 11 oh. chemo treatments the cancer's still there sorry well he <laughs> says word for word well everyone knows that 11 is the mandatory number of treatments and after that <laughs> Like who the fuck? Like it's in their constitution or something. Eleven, nothing eleven. Man, it's like state-paid surgeries, and she's run out of her allotted money. She's got that Medicaid, and they're well. She could have tricked him because he was like, "This is nine, right?" And she's like, "No, eleven. I'm like, "Bitch, you just told them like the eleven. Actually, it's number three. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, but. My final thoughts is me watching it, you know, recently. Um, I got to appreciate it a little bit more because this is not on my like top 10. There's like other episodes that are on my top 10. This is not up there, uh, for me because I like everything on Twilight Zone, so it's hard for me to rank them in general. Uh, but I do recommend this. I was surprised about the acting. I do agree with Andy with the whole, uh, what is, what is happening outside? Like she gets so close to the microphone 
and blows out the like the speakers. My headphones, because I was on my headphones when I was watching. Your headphones? Yes. I, I feel like they recorded her dialogue without a pop filter or something. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. They didn't have pop filters back in 1962. Maybe, probably not. I don't know. When would pop filters? Claude Angle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy, uh, do you uh, final thoughts and recommendation? Uh, yes, I also recommend this episode, and I think everyone should see it. That bothered me so much. Okay, stop. But, uh, if only they could do like the David Lynch close up of somebody's <laughs> gross mouth, like while he's doing that. That would be great. <laughs> Zach, what about you? Yeah, it's a classic episode. Uh, one I remember too from my early uh binges uh, of this show um and yeah and uh like i said i really liked the uh, uh the main character's acting there um <laughs> the pig the weird pig faces thing always just i don't know it's kind of funny to me <laughs> they're like yeah. this weird cleft lip thing like, there's your idea what... for a group costume at like a convention just have oh. wear that shit that's great. Can I be the leader? <laughs> can I be? Can I be Pig Hitler? <laughs> I want to go around and make all those crazy speeches. You know, Pigler. Pigler. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was gonna it. say Oinkler. Pigler so much better. Carry a, Heimlich uh, Pigler. Carry a podium and shit. Pigler and like, Swindolf. <laughs> carry a podium and like get go to like a nice hot cosplayer just yell at her and be like you're so pretty you degenerate <laughs> we need to take you to the ghetto get out of here <laughs> we, we have a place for your kind of people you are obsolete Ooh, that's can, wrong can we that's wrong yeah. have like, yeah. like four people that are dressed like the pig and like robes and uniform and then one person wearing the bandages with like a rope and they're like taking that person and yanking them around or is that too much no, then no. you start drawing the pentagram like on the ground with like the the, the red blood paint, uh, and then you you light the candles. Oh, that's another thing. No, like, summoning jutsu. I seen jutsu. <laughs> I seen a job of the I seen a job at a hut, uh, and you know someone having Leia on a leash at a at a comic con. So that's sexist. Yeah, I saw that. I've seen that yeah. before. That's. Mm, I, so I I really enjoyed this episode. I something really strange happened. It's kind of interesting. I watched this, and the very next day, I had a patient that I'd never met that had come in for depression, and getting their backstory. This girl's had such a really hard life. She has a really rare skin condition. It's effectively like one of the worst cases of like acne you could have. That uh, that's caused like really severe scarring all over her body. And to the point that, like, she's not only, like, did she have a hor- horrible time with, like, kids bullying and picking on her, but literally to the point that parents would uh, parents would call from schools or the teacher would even call and send her home saying, how dare you send her to school uh, sick like this? And it's like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, her face, like, she looks awful. She, she might have chicken pox. It's like, no, this is just this condition she has. She's okay. She's not sick. Uh, so like to like to be like rejected. I don't know. It was very poignant that like she is like looked at this a- as an outcast, and she's a very intelligent person. And then, again, now she's going through adolescence, and she's been treated this way all of her life. It's kind of rough. So it just kind of stuck with me because now she's wanting to go. And and they told her when she got to a certain age, she would be available for certain procedures and stuff they could do to try to make her look more normal. Only Eleven of them, though, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that in my head. Okay. I actually said we came out of the room and my my uh one of my coworkers was asking me about that and they were like, What do you mean they would do? And I actually said that. I was like, well, and she looked at me with a completely puzzled look and I was like, You had to be there, it's a thing. <laughs> But but yeah, it was very poignant. I definitely <laughs> recommend the episode if you're gonna watch uh, Twilight Zone episodes. Uh, it, was, it was great. Um, one of the ones I've enjoyed most so far, uh, probably because of the relevance of that. Uh, it's always great when like real life helps like take bring something home. So um, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> All right. So Nightmare at twenty thousand feet. Uh, William Shatner. Uh, something on the wing. So, yeah, I, I, I every time I think about this episode, I think about the Family Guy, where it's William Shatner, and he goes, "There's some thing on the wing." Uh, you know, like <laughs> way overdoing it, and it's just, I think about it every fucking time. Then I think about the Treehouse of Terror, where the Gremlins like using its fingers to take the bolts off the bus wheel. So immediately when this started, and and it got to that, I was like, "Is that William Shatner?" Suzanne yeah. looks up and he's like, no, that's not William Shatner. And I was like, I, th- I think that's a young William Shatner. And she argues with me about it. And I was like, this is like, I, I mean, I don't know where we're at in terms of his career and stuff, but like, yeah, this, that's William Shatner. It's like early career. That's William Shatner. And then I thought about the family guy thing too. And I was like, wait. And then that's how, what, how I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And before it starts up, I'm like, something's going to be on the wing and he's going to see it. Nobody else is going to see it. And here we are. One, one of the happened. worst costumes in Twilight Zone history is going to be on. Oh my <laughs> What the fuck was that supposed to be? It's like, a, it's like a gorilla costume, but like someone washed it wrong, and then they used the mask from Eye of the Beholder for some reason. Yeah, except he made like duck lips. He'd like put his face up to it's, the window. It's and be got like, like matted hair. Like it looks like a dog bed or something. Like a walking dog bed with a duck face is trying to destroy this plane my favorite part is when he's like hunched over on the wing you can see he's clearly wearing shoes (laughs) (laughs) it's like they're super shiny off of like the fake lightning and shit you can just tell the shoes and apparently he flies yeah yeah he does an ooga booga like ooh, parachute (laughs) yeah uh have you ever like washed a poodle and then like dried it like didn't actually like it's like one of those deals that poofs out so if i had to describe this to anyone like on reddit and just like a one-liner i'd be like captain kirk has mental breakdown on a plane because he keeps seeing old greg try to kill them all that's exactly (laughs) what it was (laughs) he looks like old greg he does look kind of like old greg he's to come up on like the the window like you want to get a drink bandies from a shoe yeah, when people we on each other. All right, you so everyone me. knows what happens like in this Bandit. episode, so we we don't even have to recap it. We can just talk about yeah, it. Like, yeah, like yeah. Well, what's there to say? Kind of. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, there's lots of famous Twilight Zone episodes. What's the moral of Nightmare Twenty Thousand Feet Go? This is the Blue Crack Wolf. Don't overreact. But is it because at the end, you when they're carting him off, they you see that the wing is torn open. Yeah, I, I here's here's yeah. my thing. It's written really well that it could have both sides be true. Because think about it, right? Every time he's having his mental episode and he's talk in, in the dialogue, they talk about his past mental episodes that he's had. Yeah, he just uh, got discharged from a sanitarium. Yeah. And which now the Metallica song stuck in my head again. And I as far as, as far as the uh, you know, seeing the ripped part of the plane, 
You could mark that off that when he fucking did the emergency door, it could have clipped the wing and tore the the thing open. He also but shot I, a gun a bunch of times. Yeah, he also shot a gun six times. But like, it's like peeled open, and like, I, 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 my never, interpretation. And again, Rod Serling told us we're going to the Twilight Zone, and when we go to the Twilight Zone, weird shit happens. So I think it really happened. I didn't. Yeah. Know. Another thing is. Uh, <clears throat> I guess I just never really thought about it much before, but having watched this again, I, I noticed this. Uh, when they get like the co-captain or whatever to talk to him, and he, he tells him what he thinks he saw, he treats it. He has a really weird reaction to it. It's like he treats it like super seriously, and you kind of think he's just playing along. But it's like when he walks away with the flight attendant, it's like he still treats it kind of seriously. It's strange. Oh yeah, so, I think he's still freaked out. It's like this guy's gonna like freak out like stealing is he freaked out or or does he know about gremlins too maybe i mean i was waiting for the line where he's like i was a pilot in the war i i do recall gremlins or something like that that would have been an interesting like another layer dude that monster trolled the shit out of fucking captain kirk it was funny as fuck every time like he's like and every time like uh shatter like come here he like screams it out by the way like he's so loud about it and then like when the guy came and you know he does the like gets out of the way and then gets near the window and stuff and does them. Like, look, how many fucking sleeping pills did they give him and he didn't knock him out at all? Like, what he, the hell? I wonder if he, uh, sleeping pills are fucking quaaludes or something. He, yeah, back then, barbiturates. Yeah. Like, whatever the yeah. fuck. I don't know if you missed H bombing. I don't know if you missed a part though when uh, he's like, "Yes, honey, I'm going to sleep." He takes the pill out of his mouth. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, he took, yeah, he never he took takes one pills. earlier, though. I think he's, Remember, that's, that's his paranoia, probably, just keeping that's his him pa- away. That's his paranoia pill? Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Uh, so I, I think my point, when Andy was bringing it up, is I, I think it really happened. And I mentioned, like, The Boy Who Cried Wolf. The story of that is this is a kid that was doing that for the intent. Like, he was intentionally doing it. But then when it really happened, no one believed him. And then, you know. That's the story. He dies or he's eaten or whatever shit happens. So in this, they build a premise already that he is an unreliable person because of the mental breakdown. And he is, mm-hmm. and he had his mental breakdown on a plane. So the idea is that, well, you can't trust whatever he says or sees. And that, that is already kind of the precedent of, oh, these things are happening. So then no one knows whether they should trust him or not. I agree that the flight engineer, the co-pilot that comes it's very interesting how he responds because at first it seems like he's responding and it very, very quickly responds in a way that seems like it's patronizing, which is why he, yeah. he gets all pissed about it. But then even after that, the way he acts with the other person, she's like, Oh yeah, that'll put him to sleep. That'll take care of it. And he's like, yeah, sure. Like he plays it off like in a weird way. Like he's still nervous. Like there's still something else he's preoccupied with as if he knows there's something else out there. Um, and then they even mentioned something about how um, other events were eventually to surface or something at the very end. I, it, it made it seem like this was going to be something eventually that was that would show that he was right. But in the meantime, they're going to just still treat him like he's crazy. But in reality, he actually saved everybody by by, by trusting himself that that old Greg was going to take that plane apart. This also perpetuates the harmful stereotype that people that were in the military come back crazy. They all come back crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess cops or maybe that was a marshal on board, just sleeping with his fucking gun hanging out like that. 
an air marshal. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have a phrase I like to say when I'm watching television shows and movies, and it's this pre 9 11 ass show. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking that, awesome. That scene, that whole scene with him getting the gun, it just is. I, I guess it is. It's got to be the whole pre 9 11 versus post 9 11 thing. Seeing that, I'm like, that would never fucking happen. Sure it would. Yeah. Back in 1962, it's weird how he gets it too, because it's like, Drop it's like something. in the holster. It's like in the holster, and he like gets right up next to it. It's, it's like, a real firearm right there. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, no, no. And like nobody, like come on, like I know everybody. It's like nighttime, but there's always one that is like up, like you know, looking around. I mean. Maybe people were just not looking, and he did do the whole, uh, oh, I dropped my pencil, let me go pick it up, and then pick up the gun while I'm coming up as well. It was uh, the 60s. It was like Mile High Club. You could smoke. You could fucking drink. You could get a foot massage. You could you do whatever the hell you wanted. Nobody cared. Yeah, they and, thought he was going to ha- go have a, a smoke, a shot, and a, 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 I can't think of a way to say it. A fucking. Starts with, there you smoke go. a shot and a fucking. And a shag. Yeah. A shag. Yeah, you shot the shag. Here it is. You did it. Uh, yeah. And and the thing that sucks, like, because obviously it's written in a way because he's crazy and he's not thinking rationally, right? Uh, well, he's you know he is saying that, but again, he's not thinking rationally. He's thinking like, oh, I gotta stop this because nobody's believing me, so I'm gonna go grab a gun and while in the air, fucking open up the door and and shoot the fucking thing. I'm like, <laughs> just just that alone. You know, opening the door could have crashed a plane. So, like, you don't want the plane to crash. I here's my thing. I would rather just let the monster, like, maybe move the seat. Like, hey, I'm kind of paranoid at the window. Can you sit here? And I'll just sit over here. And if the plane crashes, at least you know. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I got it. I got the move. I got what you do. The monster's <laughs> out there fucking around. You go get a gun. You steal a gun from the the marshal, the cop, whatever. You come back to the window. Monster's fucking around. You just like tap. Against the glass with the gun, and the monster looks at you, and you're like, "Fucker, <laughs> I got a gun now. You better quit fucking around out there. I'm gonna come get you." And then it fucks off. <laughs> but or I, I, he follows his wife, his wife's advice to begin with. You know, he takes the window seat. She's like, "Do you want, you want to trade places?" He's like, "No, I'm okay." And then he notices like the little emergency escape hatch there, and she's like, "Are you okay? You sure you don't want to sit somewhere else?" He's like, "No, no, I'm good." <laughs> If well, you just got an aisle seat, none of this would have happened. Yes. But then again, that brings to the point, if that monster was really there, then they could have crashed and stuff. It's just like, again, the like Chad said, the boy who cried wolf when, when eventually, you know, it, it, you know, there was something that tore up the wing. If it's anything uh, that like media has taught me, like weird media, like Twin Peaks or Silent Hill or like, you know, metaphysics and shit, it's that the, the bad, the vibes that you put out can affect the real world and he was feeling all these bad vibes and he was fucking paranoid about the plane being attacked or something and it happened he manifested it that's what i think too i think they entered the twilight zone because of because it was him Mm -hmm. i I think if just johnny who cares was sitting there everything would have been fine what did he say at the end by the way um shatner because he like he's in the gurney and stuff and he's like he like gets up he's like i see I could see it, but they don't, or they, they don't believe. He's something along that line. He said, "You called me crazy, but I'm gonna go kiss the first black woman on television." God damn it! <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> uh, I I d- did like how he like 
when the the engineer came or the co-pilot and he's like you know there's something there and then he like noticed like the fucking monsters trolling him and then he goes like into captain kirk mode where he's like all serious like no can you go get me water and a pill <laughs> and like they go, he tells hey. her to hurry yeah <laughs> hurry hurry i need water now <laughs> stand oh man but like it, it again this is hokey but like i liked it and i also um <laughs> laughed my ass off when he opens up the door and like points the gun and stuff and, sh- and shoots all the bu- shoots all the bullets and then he screams really loud it seems like he hits it like several times too because it uh, convulses like it you know it's a pretty mm-hmm. impressive shot to be like doing hanging out of a fucking airplane 20 plus thousand feet going however many hundreds of miles per hour yeah <laughs> also uh it really bothered me because he does that he's always leaning out and he gets he's whipping in the wind and getting soaked and it shows his wife and the flight attendant like come up and she screams they're fine. Their their hair isn't even like flapping in the wind. Yeah, it bothered me. <laughs> it's not really happening. Like, you could have blown what, a fan on him. <laughs> what's really What's really happening is he's he's falling out of his seat, waving his arms. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> an illusion. Oh man, but I mean, there's nothing really else to talk about. Like I I again, this is also written well where it could have happened. It could have not happened. It's, it's up to you and what you believe. And like you said, Rod Sterling does point out that we're going into the twilight zone. So in the twilight zone, it's true. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I recommend it again. This is not on my, my top 10, but it was nice to see again. Andy, what's your final thoughts and recommendation? I hate this episode. No one should ever watch it. <laughs> no, of course I recommend it. It's great. Super memorable. Uh, you already know how it ends, but as we've talked about before, that's no excuse to not watch it. it the journey is the fun part. Mm-hmm. Zach, what about you? Yeah, I give a recommendation mostly because of the, the campiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did they remake this story? Yes, yes it's in the movie. movie. Oh, see, I, I've never seen that. So I, I remember somebody talking about it was remade. I don't know if it was in the 80s show or the movie. And you know, um, this isn't even the best episode of Twilight Zone with uh, um, Captain Kirk in it, I don't think. No, this is the one with the diner where he does the fortune teller. That's did we watch that the first year we did this? I think so. Second, I think second, second year. Yeah. Second Zach year. was here. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. Um, That's the episode that comes after Eye of the Beholder. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Oh, yeah, because I was watching this on something that shows, like, Rod Sterling comes and he talks about next time on Child Zone. And uh, he was talking time. about the stupid little thing you put pennies in. Yeah, I think it's called Nick of Time or something like, like that because... I, I don't want to spoil it, Chaz. Watch it because you're like, why is he bite his fortune teller at a diner and keep on feeding? It, it's a good one. I like it better than Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet. Yeah, yeah. Let's check it out, Chaz. What's your final thoughts and recommendation? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I liked it. It's a it's a classic episode according to the, all the pop culture references it spawned, and I, I I agree with Zach. It's very campy. But it's still good fun. I think it's worth watching. I, I really want to see a parody now of old Greg as the monster. <laughs> and just like, and he comes up, and like, whenever the guy opens the window for the first time, he's like smushed up again. He's like, this is Bailey's, but a little bit closer. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> it's too close to Bailey's. <laughs> Without getting your eyes wet. I think it's, is it what he says? So close yeah. without getting your eyes wet. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I recommend it. 
All right. Well, I am up next week with my picks, and uh, I actually written it in the docs backwards because we like to go chronological order as the seasons. So season three, episode one, we are watching two, which is TWO. Um, That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're the other episode is on season four, episode 11, called The Parallel. Uh, I kind of don't remember. Oh, I remember the episode. <laughs> fuck. The episode named two. Um, I do remember that one. The Parallel, I don't remember. So that's why I picked it. Um, there's no like theme uh, and I know Chaz didn't really have a theme, but it kind of showed like the faces kind of matched a little bit, the pig people. And then the fucking monster had the same face. So, same hang dog expression. Yeah. That kind of <laughs> had the same, uh, what do you call it? Uh, theme, but yeah, remember to watch those two episodes then come back here and we will talk about it. And we will also do our final ranking and then you'll find out what's going to be next month because that is my month and it's still up in the air on what I want to do. Because remember, I talked about either we're doing a st- uh, Kubrick, either we're doing mobster movies. I still don't know what I'm doing yet. Uh, it's going to come down to the last minute uh, as far as what I'm going to pick. Uh, but before we go, because I think Zach has one news to talk about, we do have an ad, so we will be right back. Wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans. If you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories, not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot, and get some color, we got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past, but sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day too, if it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide. However that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, usually. All right. Usually. usually. Um, Zach, take it away. I have to, because I've been drinking so much freaking water i have to go use the john so take it away with your news okay john time uh something happened uh last week couple weeks ago and i i didn't hear about it until last week where uh blizzard was having issues with their publisher in china NetEase, uh that they have to work through so that they can get all their games in china and um basically their contract was run had run out and they were supposed to renegotiate terms with them and continue service. And it just didn't happen at first because they were shopping around for different, uh, publisher and NetEase found out about that. Like, Hey, what the hell are you doing? Instead? I mean, it's their right. I guess if their contract expires, they can go find somebody else to do business with. And then blizzard was like, Oh, well, um, can, can you do like a, a six month temporary extension? And they're like, no, <laughs> just, you're, you're with us. And then Blizzard's like, I, I, don't, I don't think we are anymore. <laughs> and they, they got really upset about it. Like inordinately upset. Uh, so much so that uh, they started slandering them, like dra- dragging their name through the mud, like online through all their social media channels and shit. A, basically called them whores and <laughs> because they're they were going around shopping around for somebody else to do business with and uh 
made a uh, they they had the employees in their office tear down the orc statue that they had constructed. Uh, I guess ever since they started doing business with them, it's like a giant like life size orc statue. An, or, an orc's like seven or eight feet tall, uh, and they filmed it. They they streamed that happening, them deconstructing the orc statue and destroying it. And uh, all the employees that participated in that got a free green, uh, a blizzard green tea, which is another weird Chinese social slang to call them whores. Settle <laughs> down. Jesus Christ. That's how, that's how China, Chinese business people are. They're I guess. crazy. Okay. First, number one, NetEase sounds like something I would use if my router has constipation. <laughs> Number two, yeah. do they not have libel laws in China? Probably not. They don't fucking Probably have not. any laws. <laughs> no, they don't even have copyright laws. They, they, don't, they don't have any laws that make sense. Oh, the only laws they have is... Um, I listen to the anything. government. Yeah, listen to the government, and uh, you got to eat at least one dog. Or else. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and make sure when you, when you enter my establishment, make sure you have a good social score. And then number three, uh, presumably they could have like uh, uh, kept the statue or sold it, or they probably paid for it initially anyway, or what the hell? They, they could have, but they said no. They're like, the, I mean, I don't know. Like when Chinese take business like very personally, or for, for some reason, and like like way too personally. Uh, but yeah, uh, because of that, uh, all Blizzard games are no longer playable in China, much to the chagrin of the players hilarious i heard their numbers like dropped like player wise <laughs> like after like china like got taken away like it took a big chunk of player base oh yeah there was, like, the second most populous nation in the world couldn't play their games anymore yeah they probably felt it mm -hmm. i heard they lost like six million fucking subscribers from wow or something over that <laughs> but uh, i mean i would say so a ton of those i mean purportedly a ton of the like bots they used to farm like various resources <laughs> to sell to people. Like there's a part of the economy that's like some people are out of a job. How am I gonna buy WoW gold now? <laughs> Seriously, it's a, thing. it's a gold farmer's job, man. They, they, got, they took their germs. That I didn't quite know what the story was, but yeah, now hearing about what had happened, they were they were talking about how like well, dude, thanks China, people screwed up the economy and, and, and prices on things are all jacked up now. So. I imagine yeah, like China's economy is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine like this like poor Chinese people just like, man, I gotta fucking suck at the factories and stuff because I'm not getting paid a lot. So I got this wow game where I could sell in game shit and make side hustle. And then China just goes, no, nah, bitch, <laughs> you fucking poor again. <laughs> yeah. But I was 900 proficient in tailoring. That's a oh. funny joke because they, they make shoes. Mm. <laughs> is that weather working technically Shh. <laughs> <laughs> it got me they, that, that's their duel it's well it's, no they gotta dual. have no it's gotta it's, have mining they it's tailoring and leather working because there's cloth shoes too yeah it's but, true um, there are cloth yeah but yeah uh i thought that was really funny and amusing uh also because of the kind of weird duress that activision blizzard's been under lately this happens mm -hmm. um i also think it's funny just because uh I don't know. I always get I get real skeeved out about everybody being so wanting to be so buddy buddy with like China all the time, and I like it when it blows up in their face. I think it's really funny. 
Like <laughs> it's like it's like when John Cena like spoke Mandarin and fucking went. <laughs> no, that's that's what I thought about when he's like, "Oh yeah, Thailand is a place." No, no, it is. I'm sorry, I take that back. <laughs> I, I I agree with agree with King Pooh. King Pooh. Oh man. But uh yeah, that's uh that's the only news I could find. I, I scrounged around to see if I missed anything else. If Ubisoft embarrassed themselves anymore, whatever. That was it. Yeah, the only news that's going around right now is getting memed to fucking hell is that uh, female police officer that fucked everybody in the police station. <laughs> <laughs> well, that started. I was like, I kept seeing that on Facebook. I'm like, what is this? And then I had to look it up. And then I was like, oh my god. Well, what's <laughs> funny? What's funny is like I came across it because someone compared her to looking like the bunny in in that Pixar movie or that that animated movie with the. Uh, Police officer rabbit. <laughs> Judy Hopps. Yeah. Oh no. And I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, she kind of has that like that face a little bit. She kind of looks rabbitish. But like, then I found out like, oh, she fucked everybody in the police station. That's how she got advanced her life. <laughs> so it's funny. And there's like this one picture where she's in her car and she's like sticking her head out like an uh, an ostrich or something, and like like this. Mm-hmm. And it's funny as hell. But other than that, the news has been really slow. Um, nothing. A lot of dumb drama that I don't want to talk about, and the Oscars are coming up. And who? The only the only fucking movie I want to win is which is not going to win is Maverick. Uh, Top because, of Maverick. Yeah, but other than that, I think we're ready to roll. Uh, reme- unless you guys have any final thoughts or news that you want to bring up before we uh, sign out. Judging no. by judging by the silence, that is a no. Um, so remember to watch those two episodes that I said before, and I'll, I'll repeat it for you guys. Uh, season five, uh, wow, uh, season three, episode one. The sh- the episode is named two T W O, and then season four, episode eleven, the parallel. Remember to watch that and come back here. Um, and also this Thursday, me and Zach are going to be doing Lost in Nightmares, the re-re-review of Resident Evil Village. Um, and then what time? The, at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Eastern time. I don't know why I thought about that. I was like, fuck it. That's all we do is 10 p.m. But yeah, we're, I'm going to live stream it. Um, I'm, I have some things about to say about the DLC, so you want to be there uh, to watch it. I mean, Other... the DLC's not all bad. What about the mercenaries and everything? No, the mercenaries is fine, but, like, the... yeah. fuck Rose. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, uh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we will see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Bounce, 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 bounce. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Bounce, 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 bounce. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Tennis ball, throw it against the wall. Helps me forget about my cancer.